Blog Talk Radio. Intelligent, controversial, groundbreaking. The great liberators are coming. Hosts Amiri Brown and Kenya White take on all topics intrinsic to the black experience. No topic is too cold or too hot. Now, here are the great liberators, Amiri Brown and Kenya White. How's everyone doing out there? This is your host, Mary Brown, host of the Great Liberators Radio Show. Um, you know, coming coming with a hot a hot topic tonight. Remy, are you there? Yes, I am here. Good afternoon. I'm sorry, not good afternoon. I'm still in that mindset. But good evening. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I was we was having a little bit of te- a little bit of technical difficulty, so I was trying to scramble and get everything situated because I didn't have a lot of time before the show started. I probably should have should have gave myself more of a cushion, but um but how are you how are you doing this evening? Me, I'm doing okay. Um just really disturbed by, you know, a lot of things that we are seeing so far in this new year and it's only day three. <laughs> so, right. Right. Yeah. It's like it's never Yeah, ended. I mean this yeah, it's a it's a it's a hectic thing, you know. Um, just you know, the climate, the social climate, the climate that exists between, you know, black men and women, especially on you know social media, um, YouTube, you know, and un- unfortunately, um, you know, social media and YouTube and these other platforms and apparatuses has given you know rise rise to, uh you know, foolish rhetoric and the fools have, have the microphone and they have seized stage and have seized the conversation. Um, and that is, you know, an unfortunate reality, but that's just where we are right now. Um, you know, and it's, it's something to be, be, uh, you know, to be expected, you know, when, when you're this polarized as a, as a group along so many different lines, um, then, you know, it, it gives rise to a to a toxic environment, and that's essentially what we have going on. Um, you know, recently I've been more so focused on the part that sisters play in, you know, the socialization process of of our children. And right. and the reason why I'm saying that is because the fact remains that women are the prime influences of children because number one, they are many times have the first contact with children and they have the most contact with, this is a, you know, this is a fact. Most teachers, you know, are children. Most, I mean, sorry, I said most teachers are children. No, most teachers are women. (laughs) Um, You know, most daycare givers and daycare runners are, are women. You see what I'm saying? So women are the prime influencers, 
you know, of children. And so the disposition that the, that the women operate from is going to be the prime socializing factor of how boys and girls see themselves and perceive themselves to be. You know, within this rise of third-wave feminism, there's this, you know, move, this androgynous movement where we're attempting to blur the lines between genders. And they're even, you know, theorizing and presenting the, mm-hmm. this notion or this idea that gender is not uh, a biological reality, but it is a, it is a social construct. And this is something that uh, feminists have done. They have been able to, through the advent of the philosophy of social constructionism, they have been able to invalidate and delegitimize hallmarks of civilization that have been longstanding and that have given a sense of order to how men and women interact with each other and how they cohabitate with each other. So they'll say that something is a social construct to delegitimize it. So if we talk about, for example, virginity, they'll say, oh, well, the idea of a woman um, losing her virginity or retaining her virginity is a social construct because a woman's hymen isn't only broken through sexual penetration of her vagina, right? So they'll say because of that, virginity is a social construct. Okay, so let's follow that logic and that train of reason. And the only reason why I'm talking about this is because I want to, I want to try and lay out very succinctly the 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 framework in which we're going to be having the conversation tonight. So let's follow that that train of logic and that train of reasoning. If you're telling me that virginity is a social construct because not only sex breaks a woman's hymen then by that same logic and that same reason, that's like saying domestic violence is a social construct because a woman can get a, a, a woman doesn't only get a black eye from a man hitting her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So by that right. same logic, I could say, okay, well, domestic violence and intimate partner violence is a social construct. Uh, a house that you live in is a social construct. Right. A grocery store that you go to is a social construct. These things are social constructs. So just because something is a social construct doesn't mean it isn't legitimate. It doesn't mean it isn't legitimate. Can't lose sight of. And so the reason why I wanted to lay that groundwork is because I wanted to make one very specific point. And that is when you break down masculinity, then you break down the protection of the feminine. You break down the protection of the female, you break down the protection of the woman, period. And so what that brings me to with my next point, which is the topic for tonight, why are white men comfortable attacking black women and black children? Why? What has, what has, created this environment, this climate that we are in right now, socially, where you have individuals who feel that they can attack a black woman, they can attack a black child, and there be no consequences and no repercussions. 
that is that is the question that we are faced with in the 21st century as it relates to uh, black life in America. So give you first crack at providing your insights on, on that question. Why do you think there appears to be this, this comfortability of white men to attack black women and children? Why do you think that is? Um, I would say for me, when I think about it, you know, we've seen this on TV so many times. We've seen it in the news, on social media, about how every time you see not only black women and children, but also men having these encounters with, you know, these white men, um, be it they are just regular citizens, cops, etc. It just seems as if I feel like in a way, they feel that since they are the so-called dominant race in society today, especially in this country, they feel like they have this sort of right to a black person's life. They have a right to end it. They have a right to, you know, do whatever they please with any other race of people, especially when it comes to us. I just feel like it's, they just feel entitled. If if that mm. makes sense, because it seems like it's an entitlement yeah. to a black person's life, the way they conduct themselves, the way they carry themselves, the way they talk to us, the way they treat us, it just seems like this sense of entitlement. Why? I mean, you can take that back to slavery. They just felt like they were entitled to us from the beginning. So I don't right. really think that... Times have changed, but the thought process has not changed when it comes to them, unfortunately. Because if you are raised a certain way, you're going to raise your kids a certain way, et cetera, and so forth. The same way when we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, um, if you look at generations of mothers and you look at generations of fathers, black mothers and black fathers, well, you can always see that there is a repeat of what happened to previous generations with, you know, both right. women and men. So I can say with them, of course, they got, you know, that mindset and the way how they operate even today. It's no different. It's just in a modern, it's a modern twist to it. But, you know, that mindset has always been with them, and I think that is going to continue from, you know, future generations. So I just feel like in their, in their mind, it seems like they're just entitled to do whatever they please mm-hmm. with us. They still view us as property. They view us as we're not, you know, free, we're slaves, and this is what they are to me, and I don't value their life as much as I value my life or my fellow white person. So that's what I think it really is. Right. Um, you, you, you laid out a, a couple of, you know, um, pertinent points. I think ultimately, though, the reason why there appears to be this, uh, you know, this comfortability with attacking black women and black children is because the signal that has been sent about black men, um, especially here recently, has been the idea of black male ineptitude, black male incompetence, Black male docility, 
black male apathy as the standard mm-hmm. and the norm in African American life. I think that you know we've spent so much time devaluing not black men but black manhood. See, black manhood is something immaterial and and apart from black men or even from black males. It exists as an immaterial idea and philosophy and what has been the representation for black manhood as we know it. Uh, Black men have been marginalized and maligned, um, you know, in the media. And the fact that black men and black women are alienated from me to a certain extent has also been something that has been promoted by the media. Now, this is something that I have been talking about, and I've been talking about it only as a matter of history and only as a matter of a point of reference when we talk about military strategy and, you know, military tactics. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that we have to acknowledge when we talk about this relationship as as it exists between black men and black women today, we have to acknowledge that sisters have adopted ideas about womanhood and manhood that have made it near impossible for them to coexist in a home environment with a male. See, we cannot talk about protecting black women if we are not talking about making black women wives and making them not single mothers, but the mother's children in a in a closed home environment. If we don't heal the rift that exists between black men and black women, then we cannot really have a conversation of protecting the black women. And this is why I take exception with brothers who have no standing family to speak of, or either they are married to women of, a, of another race or ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a black woman as a as as their wife. Um, they get them pregnant, make them mothers, leave them as single mothers or baby mamas, as opposed to making them wives. See, that has always been the fundamental relationship dynamic between a male and a female, between man a man and a woman, in in terms of civilization as we know it. And this is what feminists call patriarchy. This is what when when we when we talk about patriarchy, this is this is within that same uh, theoretical framework that feminists have laid out and identified it as. It's it's always been a give and a take. It's always been a give and take. It's always been a quid pro quo situation between a man and a, a woman, between a male and a female. Sex. When we think, even when we think about sex, sex is not an equal rate of exchange between a man and a woman. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not an equal rate of exchange between a man and a woman, and it never has been. It never has been. And so, what that means is, the man that a woman allows to have access to her body, he should be offering her something. He should have something to offer. Right. 
And historically, what that what he's offered is protection and provision, leadership, service, and guidance. But in this modern era, we have gotten away from that. See, they put a wedge in between the two, in in between that, where now we view protection as oppression of women, and we view reaction as protection. And so this has caused a rift between male and female, men and women, and more specifically, black men and black women. And see, this is something I always talked about. See, the dominant society understands that whatever dynamic you let loose uh, in the society, it is going to disproportionately affect the black community. It's going to disproportionately affect the black family. It's going to disproportionately affect black men and black women. When America has the, the cold, black society has the flu. So this is where where we are, and this is why we see this hyperpolarization between black men and black women. Because let's make point out one thing: male and female relationships are becoming more polarized everywhere. It's not just something that's isolated to black society or or, or the black community or black men and black women. It's just in our okay. society and our social spaces between black men and black women. It's hyper. It's hyper. And see, this is what happens when you're already living an existence that has been pushed to the margins, when you're a marginalized group. See, and and see, when you bring these things up, there's this knee-jerk visceral reaction from sisters that wants to say, oh, where you're blaming or you're bashing black women. That's not what we're doing here. But the fact is, is that if we want if we want to treat the patient, then we have to render an accurate diagnosis. If we don't render an accurate diagnosis, then we'll give the wrong treatment. So we cannot continue to have conversations along disingenuous lines that don't really give um, justice to what we say we need as a people, to what we say we need as a community. See, it's it's unfair for, for sisters to constantly beat this drum of being independent from their men. And then you want to task the men with protecting you as an independent woman. By definition, that's not independence. And this is why I constantly beat this drum of what do sisters really want. And then... Furthermore, what you can't do is say, oh, well, black men have never. They've never protected us. They've never did this. They've never did that. Let's have that conversation when we talk about the idea of black men never protecting black women. See, because there was an entire feminist movement that portrayed men in a very particular light in regards to their relationship with women. and that light that they portrayed men in wasn't as ones of protect of protecting and providing. It was ones of men as being oppressive and being patriarchal and being sexist. So they hoarded resources 
and subjugated and subjugated the women. Which, when we when we mm-hmm. unpack that, that's that was the men providing. That's what they were doing. They were providing because they had the resources. When they were protecting the women, feminists said, "No, that's not protection." They said that that is oppression. See, so in this way, this have bought into a lot of these philosophies and ideologies, and this is just the Ameri- where the American society is, where American womanhood is. And that's why I never try and make it something that is specific and isolated to black women, because it's not. But because I'm in, a, I share a theoretical community with black women, then I'm going to address black women when it comes to this topic. See, so, um, you know, like I was saying, women have said that men have failed to protect them. That's why they needed a feminist movement. So if we look at that and accept it as a as a fact, then that means white men have have failed to protect their women. Indian men have failed to protect their women. Arab men have failed to protect their women. Asian men have failed to protect their women. You see what I mean? So when you say black men have never protected, what are you using as the metric of protection that you're talking about? Because per the the ideology that many sisters adopt and espouse, men all over the planet have failed to protect their women. That's why they needed a feminist movement. So what are you talking about? And this is something that I said when I was on... Duke Jackson, O'Shea, Duke Jackson's panel. Many sisters do not want, they want reaction. You want a brother to react. You don't want him to protect. Because when we talk about protection, what we're talking about is authority and control and influence. That's what we're talking about. See, protection can never can never be a, 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 a reactionary thing. It's proactive. That's why it's protection. Because it's proactive. It's preventative, not reactionary. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So when you ideology and a philosophy that creates a cultural climate that strips the black male of authority, control, and influence in his community, in his home, in regards to his women and his children, then you create an environment that there is no protection. You have broken down the masculinity. The number to call is 646-564-9858. That's 646-564-9858. Press 1 if you have a question or a comment and you wish to join in on the discussion. Um, I, I went on a little diatribe for a minute, um, Remy. What are some of your <laughs> thoughts on on some of the points I, on some of the points I made? I know you probably disagree, and that's fine. Uh, I don't wholeheartedly disagree. A lot of things of what you say is, you know, definitely spot on. I mean, because mm-hmm. like you say, you can't protect the community that you have no authority and no control over. And that's definitely understandable. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just think that, you know, when you say, like, women, you know, like you say, like, as a collective, that 
a lot of us want to be independent and independent of our men. Right. On my, uh, what I view is that, I mean, I'll say a little sprinkle of women have that mindset. A lot of women do. Mm -hmm. But also there are a lot of women who I don't really think that it's not that they want to be independent, meaning that this is what I'm choosing. It's more of this is what I'm forced to be. Because mm-hmm. I, can, I can tell you, you know, I would say as, you know, some women out here, you know, they are in a position where, I mean, even if, you know, you probably have, quote, unquote, um, a man in your life, a husband, et cetera, and so forth, unfortunately, if, you know, like you did say, like a lot of men state, is that a lot of women out here, they're not picking suitable partners for themselves. They're choosing mm-hmm. partners that, you know, is not, you know, I would say up to par with what they need and also what they want. When you have also mm-hmm. situations like that, then you're going to have a mindset of, okay, since I can't depend on the man in my life, then that is why I'm going to adopt these um, independent ideologies. It's not something that I don't think a lot of women want to do because I've talked to a lot of women and they even tell me, I don't want to be like this. This is not what mm-hmm. I want to be, but this is just me adapting to my environment. Because we also have to right. talk I mean, about that as well. It's not always right. because I'm seeking to be like this, like this is who I want to be. It's more of adapting to your environment. And like you did state, if the men are taken out of the home, if they were taken out of the home in high numbers, if, you know, the women did force them outside of the home, then what is she going to do? She's going to adopt those independent ideologies. Now, in regards to protecting the community as a whole, Mm -hmm. as a collective, because, you know, we can say, of course, we have a husband, um, you know, basically you will be protected because this is your husband. This is the man who protects, you know, supposed to protect, provide for you. Um, of mm-hmm. course, you're going to have that. I just think that as I say, um, if you want to think of a community mindset, right, you have mm-hmm. everybody in the community, you have the good and the bad people. It would always never be, you know, all good or even all bad. I just think that a lot of women are just like, you know, get upset when the men that I've seen so far, and a lot of uh, women as well, when they say like, oh, well, we're not going to protect you unless we have some type of, like I say, like you say, authority and control over you. Or mm-hmm. if we have any type of relationship, whether it is, you know, friendly, sexual, et cetera, and so forth, it seems as if, like you say, you have to give a little in order to get. So exactly. it seems like, okay, a lot of, right, because a lot of women, they are, you know, against that when you, when you tell them, well, you're going to have to give something to me in order for you to protect. I think that is where, you know, that is when the disagreement starts to happen. That is when the back and forth starts to happen, and that is when, you know, the message is lost in regards to what do men mean when we say that this is what is required in order for us to protect you as women. So I guess once you start saying those things, like I say, it kind of gets, you know, very muddled. 
and now everybody is all over the place. Everybody can't agree on what is protection, um, mm-hmm. what are the requirements for protection, and that is when, you know, everything just goes away. But there's not, like you say, it's not always, um, protection is not always reactionary. Protection can be you're financially protected. Protection can right. be many of things. You could protect someone emotionally. Right. You could protect someone in all different aspects. It's not always the physical. But it seems like when we do right. talk about protection a lot, it is about, you know, what is physically going on. Somebody you see getting beat up on the streets or getting roughed up in the store, that is when the protection argument starts. It's never protection on any other, I would say, any other means. So that's what I have to right. say. Okay, um, we actually have a caller. Um, caller, I'm bringing you on. Yeah, caller. Greetings, Amiri. Hey, Sapphire. I knew you were going to call in. <laughs> you know I'm with me. I'm doing just right. fine, Amiri. Listen, man, I've got mm-hmm. to deal with you on this. Okay. And and respectfully so, okay? All right. Mm-hmm. Now... I, I want to deal with you regarding this feminism issue and the protection issue, and I'm going to fall back mm-hmm. because I never want to be a part of anything that does more harm than good to the black woman. Okay, as I asked to you mm-hmm. before, time and time again, that is my demographic. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. That is where my my allegiance lies is with the black woman and her children. Now, having said that, I. I respectfully disagree with you, dear brother, and here's why. You okay. play with the juxtaposition of feminism and protection way too much for me. I just feel like you're doing the most, you know, where that is concerned. And and here's the thing. Uh, I have mm-hmm. watched, as you and many other people have watched, that young woman um, get snatched up by that man at McDonald's and mm-hmm. and – I'm so grateful that she knew how to defend herself, you know? Right. And I'm not even going to go into, you know, around her. I'm I'm not thinking about the black man protecting the black woman at the moment. Put that aside. I'm thinking about fellow employees. Mm-hmm. See, because I doubt that this young lady was a feminist. I, I doubt that. Mm-hmm. But as a fellow right. employee, I would be crestfallen if I – had to deal with some stranger snatching me up by the collar. The man could have been wielding a knife for all we know. But what they did was they interrupted her defending herself to pull her back and not even touch the man, the aggressor. Okay, I have a problem right. with that. She's not a feminist. Mm-hmm. That's somebody's child. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. Not only yeah, that, a married woman, two married women, one married woman, a man kicked her baby, her toddler son in the back. Mm-hmm. Okay, police were able to locate him. Killed a seven-year-old, a married woman with four children. These are not feminists you're talking we're, we're talking about here. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you keep using people. <laughs> Why the black woman has no protection? And what I'm trying to get you to see, Amiri, is that mm-hmm. that dog don't hunt. There are women out mm-hmm. here who are not feminine, who are being abused and taken advantage of, okay? 
and right. we can't continue to revisit this feminist bullshit. Now, you know I'm irritated because I don't use profanity like this. Right. But what I want, what I right. want you to see is this. Here's what I want mm-hmm. you to see. If we continue to do this, okay, and as time goes on, many people began to fear more, feel more and more emboldened to mm-hmm. approach the black woman and her children in these public places. Many of these women are not right. feminists. What are we to do then? Are we going to keep beating them over their, this, over their head with this stick about feminism? I, I, here's what I want you to do. Dear brother, please have some feminists mm-hmm. on your panel because this, this elusive <laughs> feminist mm-hmm. monster, okay, never seems to be on these panels to defend themselves as to why they don't want protection. But you drag every other woman in it, okay? These women who we who we see getting abused day in and day out, and and we can bet nine times out of ten they are not feminine. I'm just trying to say right. you're, you're putting too much on it. You're putting too much on right. it. I, I'll give two mm-hmm. dams about the feminists. Okay, I understand right. that. But I need for you guys to put some feminists on these panels so we can hear what they're saying. You need to deal with them straightly. Because it, as it stands right now, I hear too many black men putting out these same Ike Turner talking points. You don't want to listen. You want to be independent. I'm, and, and wait, let me quote you, dear brother. I'm man enough mm-hmm. to stand by and not do anything. You broke my heart when you said that, Amir. You're better than that. Mm-hmm. I don't expect you to protect women that are not a part of your tribe or not your family. But I don't expect you to make it known. You understand what I'm saying? On a social media mm-hmm. construct, we know that things right. that are that are portrayed on social media never go away. So mm-hmm. if so, so if some dastardly clown is angry because he see a brother all hugged up with a fat white woman, you know that he mm-hmm. was into. He's going to take it out on what he considers to be a weak target. That's black women mm-hmm. and her and their children. So, so I'm saying, let's say he's listening to you, and, he's, and, and in his mind, you know, he has kicked it around. Well, these men say they're not going to do anything. Or, and, and we know how narrow-minded people are. He would consider you, you know, as the, the entire scope of the black male collective because he's weak-minded. Right. But, but – do you understand where I'm going with this? Yeah, I understand exactly. Or do you, you want to argue with me about feminism? You want to continue to argue no, that I, feminism point without having feminists present? Well, I, I mean, I, I've been dealing with these, you know, these feminist sisters for, um, you know, the better part of a year. Um, Kenya was well, a, Kenya they? was a feminist. Well, I mean, well, did she say that? No, she, well, she was. Kenya was a feminist. She was a feminist. Uh, like the sisters I was dealing with, they were. Clear that on your on your podcast, because I've listened a couple of times and I've never heard any mm. women on your panel declare feminist ideology as their own. I've never heard it. Well, I think that I think that's because of... many of them don't 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 don't, don't understand it. But it, look to to the larger point. The reason why I have to I have to you know lay out the framework of 
of feminism is because you cannot expect a man or a male child or, or a male to do what he hasn't seen, what he hasn't been patterned or socialized to do. That's that's the larger point I'm hitting at. If we want to, if we want black men to protect black women, then they have to be proficient in protecting black women. And the way you get proficient proficient at protecting a black woman is by marrying and having a family with the black woman. That is my larger point. If we build up uh, you know, families, if we build up the relationship between black men and black women, we bring healing to that and we get them to be able to coexist in a in a home, fulfilling the roles that they have agreed to fulfill, then we can give the proper patterns to the to the men, the the the, the, the male child and the female child, and we can have that symbiotic relationship that is that is functional and normative. See, right now we have uh, a normative relationship dynamic between uh, black men and black women that is, you know, normal. It's what we know as normal today, but it's not functional, which is why we're having this conversation, which is why white men feel they can feel comfortable enough to attack sisters. That's the only reason why I'm why I'm referencing this point because many times when we talk about the relationships that break down between men and women and lead to them going their separate ways, it leads to sisters being alone, you know, in a home trying to raise the children. Many times it's over small, minute details. That's what it's over many times. You have brothers who don't understand that you have to give a sister her space. You have to give a woman her space. So you cannot be controlling because i understand you have brothers who are controlling but then at the same time as a as a woman you have to you have to give the give the man a certain level of authority so he can protect if he if he like if okay check this out and it's something i talk about all the time if a sister wants to go somewhere right common sense and just and just courteous to let your your male spouse know your whereabouts and for no and if for no other reason if something happens to you, the the number one person who is always suspected of, especially a woman, being murdered, for example, is the spouse. So just off of that basis alone, he should have a certain level of authority to know your where to know your whereabouts. That's not uh, trying to have a, a, a patriarchal controlling thing. To me, it's just common sense. But many times, these are the things that come in and drive wedges between black men and black women. And that's and that that is why I keep harking on this point because if you don't understand how to coexist in a home environment and you sitting over here as a man thinking you got to be on some on this this pimp shit that the culture that we have where you running the woman you see what I'm saying you're 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 being um, controlling and domineering and the woman sees a man's general concern he's he's genuinely concerned about your protection and your safety as him being some controlling brute, then they, they'll never be able to come together and have that relationship that they need that can give the, the man-child what, uh, what he needs in far of, as far as the pattern of protecting and the, 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 the female child what she needs in terms of being able to differentiate between those men who are the problem with this controlling uh, disposition they have and those men who are genuinely concerned uh, about a woman's safety and her protection, like like for me, 
when my wife is, is out and about, I'm always on because you never know what could happen, especially in the, especially in a world like today. So I always want to know where she's at, not because I'm trying to control her whereabouts, but because I want to know she's safe. But too many times we vilify that. We vilify. Okay. It. That's the point I'm making with the feminist thing. Go ahead. Okay, Amiri. So I, I understand your point and the analogy that you just mm-hmm. used. I mm-hmm. I don't think that was a good one because that's that's just okay. common courtesy in a relationship, especially a conjugal relationship. Right. Okay. Right. That that's a given. But I want to revisit the the protection issue because I feel strongly about mm-hmm. this. And I want to understand how it is that you feel so comfortable declaring Mm. these kind of statements that you may very well have blood on your hands. Mm. That's what I want to know from you. Also, if you will allow me, dear brother, I I want to correct something. On the, the last show that you had, regarding should black mm-hmm. men and women separate or whatever that was. I said right. that if, if, if black women would understand the laws of um, self-protection, that they would be better mm-hmm. suited or, or better equipped to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And my sister was listening to me and she got angry with me and she really got on me. She said, because what you did was, you gave out sporadic, minute information, and if women heard what you said, you know, they might be confused. Mm-hmm. And I would like for you, if, if you could allow me to correct that, what I did, because I, yeah, I understood sure. what she's saying. I said, what I said, to, I said if she had that Glock or that Smith and Wesson, irritated mm-hmm. because I didn't give information specific for women. And what I right. should have done was I should have mentioned that Smith and Wesson has uh, medium-sized pistols that are conducive Mm. to the grip of a woman. For example, the Smith & Wesson MP Shield, that 9mm, we call it a Nina. And the the Walther Mm -hmm. PPQ, it's also a 9mm with a small grip. This is probably my favorite, but I feel if a woman is not training, she hasn't been putting rounds through it, and training with it, I don't mm-hmm. think she should start out with this one because the trigger is is, is extremely light. Um, my favorite is the Smith & Wesson M2 Compact, okay? It has 315-round magazines. I think this is great for a woman who needs to protect herself. And mm-hmm. I, I want to say to the sisters, also the Glock 19 Generation 5, I want to say to the sisters, all of these handguns, these polymer handguns that are lightweight, easy to carry. I want to say to the sisters to, if you decide that you want to invest in a handgun, go to a reputable dealer, learn how to use Mm. it, get your concealed and carry license. Be sure to follow the letter of the law. And more importantly, download the information for your particular state as it relates to the laws of self-protection. Okay, it will tell you who you can protect. If you're in a crowd, like if you were your children, your mom or, or whatever, it will tell you what the laws are. You know, when you're allowed to put a live round in someone, you know, that's that's trying to harm you or your children. So I, right. I, I just want for the black woman to be safe. Seeing all these people attacking 
my sisters, it's bothering me. And I know they often mm. feel like, you know, with this feminist rhetoric that you all talk, a, a lot of these women, especially the young single women, they feel like um, they can't get along with other women competing for men. So you guys don't talk about this. But what I want the sisters mm. to know is, is that you, you, you need to get along with your sisters because you all need to band together for protection. What you don't understand is you don't get along with your sister, your fellow black woman, because you are competing for resources. But what you don't know, black woman, is that you are the resource in the black community. You are the resource, mama. So you need to stop all this jealousy, infighting. There are people after your head out here in this North American culture. So you need to be vigilant. Stop all that running off at the mouth. If you're strapped or gripped up, you don't need to do a lot of talking, okay? Just be calm, protect yourself. As it relates to you, Amiri, I, I want to say this, brother. I, I still have a lot of respect for you, but I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed mm. that you see women as tools. You're better than that. You know, mm. I wonder how women in your mm. family feel when they hear you say things like that. Women yeah. are tools to either dismantle or build a man up. See, I have philosophy. What do you mean? Well, hold on. What do, you, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by you that? You said that. That came from your mouth. I said that? You said I that. said they're tools? You said women okay. are tools. They can either build a man up or tear him down. Tools. You said mm. that. That came okay. from your mouth. I, I want mm. you to know this. I have many views that I stand upon that are extremely controversial. But I keep them to myself because I don't want to offend you and your listeners. I'm not going to worship anybody that has to come from my vagina. That don't make him God. That makes me God. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to give that narrative to each and every woman. You know, there's certain Mm -hmm. understandings and certain spiritual modalities that she has to overcome herself to come into the true knowledge of herself. But I, I don't want for you to continue to say things that are harmful for women who, while they are black like you, they are not mm. a part of your tribe. And you cast this what? big lofty net on all women when you say things like, I'm man enough to stand aside and watch it happen. Mm. I'm offended, Amiri. I just want you to know that. And and I'm going to fall back because I I feel like this thing is, is, is so divisive, and it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. Right. I know right. you agree. You, you disagree with me, but I, I just I just wanted to let you know that, man. And I'm done. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I, I appreciate your call and your your insight and your input. And it's not to say that your you know your concerns aren't aren't um aren't warranted and. You know, you can get caught up in in the toxic climate that's, you know, prevalent on social media and a lot of these platforms. Um, because my initial disposition has been that the black woman is the black man's responsibility. Core, and in my heart, that's something I still believe. But I also have to look at, you know... 
many of the many of the ideologies sisters today have adopted whether they and i i don't even i'm not even saying that they've done it on purpose i just don't think they under they understand um i just don't think they understand what it's like being a man trying to trying to fulfill a mandate and because sisters may not understand what that what that means and what it looks like they'll view it as something as something toxic so you know that's that's my that's my initial disposition but but i I think we do have to examine um because that's why i said like i've said that women who are on you know on code with what code is that brothers want to set up in in a given community and they deserve exactly what you're talking about and it's it's, i mean it's it's a it's a dicey issue and and we do have to look at why are these white males so comfortable with attacking black women and black children? You know what I'm saying? That's a, it's a, these things are, you know, it's a, it's a touchy, it's a touchy issue. It's a touchy subject, you know, so but are you going to draw parallels from why these men are so mm-hmm. emboldened to attack black women to, to fit feminism? Are you going to draw I mean, parallels to that? Because that's, that's how well, how you know, can you not see this? Listen, it's not going to happen. Okay, okay. So let's say that this mandate that you release, mm-hmm. let's say that you need you need it to take hold of 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 the minds of the masses of black women. Is it going to happen right. next weekend? Is it going to happen by next month, next year? No. Nope. Okay. So in the meantime, nope, as as we live, and mm-hmm. as we learn, should we be sitting ducks? Okay, because mm-hmm. the mindset that you want us to have hasn't taken hold yet, hasn't congealed in our psyches yet. Should we be sitting ducks? Do you do you understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. black man? Do you understand what you're saying? Mm-hmm. You're I mean, not, you. not going to get the masses of women to be like mm. little basset hounds to these uh, bitter brothers overnight. <laughs> right. and, and more than likely, it's not going to happen. It's not going to mm. happen. You, you, I'm going right. to tell you this, and, and I don't like to, to, mm. to give this, but, but because I feel that this might be a little bit divisive, but I'm, I'm going to tell you what a, a college professor told me. He mm-hmm. said that if during the hardest times in in, a, in the American culture, and, and he didn't go into it, but I, I pretty much understood what he was talking about. He said, had the black man not had the type of woman he had, you would have never been where you are today. He went even mm. further to say, moreover, if white men had a woman with a spirit and tenacity of the black woman, the foot would have never came off your neck. Digest that. Digest that. Mm. Because you want a weak woman, Amiri. You want a weak no, woman. Do you understand that? You you need to understand who the black woman is. This is the mother of civilization. Every man, woman and child of every other race, creed, and culture can walk upright because of the 
genotype and phenotype of the black woman. What am I saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody else would have been mm-hmm. hominids had it not been for her. Understand that. Right. So I don't want to hear, oh, how come every other man don't have to deal with a woman like we do? Every other man don't have a woman that is the mother of civilization. I'm not trying to Mm. hear that. Right. I still respect you, Mary, but I'm disappointed. And I'm going to get on out of the way and continue to listen. I mean, I I, I appreciate your your comment. (laughs) I appreciate what you added to the conversation. You you said some things that thought provoking and and that will, you know, cause a certain level of introspection on on me and my rhetoric as of late. Um, you know, I'm I'm not too too proud of a man to humble myself when when I when I hear wisdom. So, it, regardless of where it's coming from, so I, I I do do truly appreciate what you added to the conversation tonight. I I appreciate you saying that, man. I appreciate that right. so much because it was really bothering me. Okay. Take care and okay. peace be upon you, Amiri. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Yeah, she said. You know, she said a lot of things, Remy, and and you know, I have you know um, been reckless with my rhetoric uh, as of late. Even um, you know, saying things that I don't that I re- deep down really don't mean. Let me just give this this story. Uh, the other night. A sister contacted me, right? And she mm-hmm. told me that she had been put out on the street with her with her daughter, with her two year old daughter. And she was asking me for, you know, for help, you know, whatever I could do, or whatever the case is. And, you know, I did I did it for, her. you know, I gave her some, you know, I gave her some. Um, you know, some money so she could get a, you know, get a ride and get some and get to a hotel that night. So, you know, when I, when I, when I say things, I'm saying it to, you know, drive a larger point. And, and, and it's, it's rough and tough. Like what Sapphire just said, you know, no other group of men have the, you know, the mothers of civilization, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man, these issues are, you know, a complex. You have to work your way through them. Work your way through how you how, through how you feel, and there is something afoot here, where you have these white males feeling that it's okay to attack black women and black children, and 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 this is why. You know, the other night I was on Nala's panel, and you know, we got into a heated discussion with me and Cynthia and. Uh, many of these other sisters, and and this is why I've been trying to, you know, like you cannot, we cannot be antagonistic to one another. We cannot be antagonistic to one another. If you notice, if I am levying a critique about black women, right? It's I'm never coming at something like their their appearance. I'm never trying to further their insecurities to a European beauty standard, because I do realize you have some sisters who have a complex to European beauty standards. So you'll never hear me talk about a black woman's hair or wearing weave. You'll never hear me talk about those things or 
you know, are talking about their skin color or or hitting things that I know deep down sisters might have a may have a complex about. And likewise, sisters cannot do that do that to brothers. And this is something that I've been I've been talking about is this bi-directional, you know, culture of disrespect where we feel that it's okay and that we are entitled to disrespect one another when we disagree. Like we, we, we can't do that. And we have to create an environment and a climate and a culture of empathy, empathy for, you know, black women and empathy for black men. And when I, you know, first came on blog talk on the scene or whatever cases, that was truly my intention. That was truly my intention. But at those, in those points and in those times, I never was divorced from the reality of being a black man in America and understanding the black male experience and what it is like. Um, and so it's all about having that at one minute and that atonement between black men and black women. And if we can't, if we can't do that, then I think sisters are going to, are going to continue, continue to be, you know, continue to be vulnerable. And something that I, that I always touched on was heightening the differences between the men in the black community who should be um, not applauded, but they should be acknowledged and highlighting the difference between those other groups of men who are making the job harder for, for upright, righteous, conscientious, uh, conscientious, um, community-minded brothers who want the best for the community. We have to be able to highlight the differences. We have to be we have to be able to do that so that sisters can have a clear choice. But so long as we keep this environment going, where you have, you know, these antagonists antagonizing one another, bringing down the social vibration and the the social consciousness of black men and black women, then nothing is going to change. And you know, it's it's easy to get caught up to get caught up in that. Um and as black men we do have to you know, we do have a mandate now personally as it relates to, you know, just protecting black women, anything I do for my wife and my daughters and my family, I ne I've never made it about what they didn't do. Whether I was you know, angry or whatever the situation was, I still lived up to my mandate because that is what a man does. But I want it to be known that that is more so on an interpersonal level because I've made a commitment to her. That's a commitment between me and her. See, and to what extent do black women value black male life? To what extent do black women value black male authority? or black male input. Like th these are things that have to be talked about and have to be discussed. If we're not, if you're not going to have a legitimate conversation that, that has uh, truth and reason at the forefront, then nothing is going to change. We're just going to continue to see the same things. And this is why you can't go around making loaded statements about brothers, uh, saying things like brothers have this pathological, uh, you know, lust for white women. 
that is dangerous rhetoric. And this is something I've I've stated, Remy. The easiest person, the easiest person's character to assassinate in American society is the black man and the black woman. And unfortunately, this is something that we have been engaging in wholesale for, you know, for the last few years, especially with the advent of YouTube and social media, and especially because you've had individuals who have made a, a good coin doing it. But that, I, but at the same time, I don't believe that that precludes us from having an honest, um, you know, discussion about where we're falling short at as as men and as women. Um, what are, What are your thoughts on what on what Sapphire had to say? Um, the one thing I do agree with her on, I definitely agree when she says that if you put the message out there on, you know, social media platforms that as a collective, black women are not going to be protected, that is dangerous rhetoric. Because um, remember, we had a conversation about this. And I say that your enemy, when you have an enemy that is looking to destroy you, whatever Mm -hmm. you say, they will attach to that and they will take it and run with it. So if we have any type of rhetoric that is dangerous in our community, that's a danger to children, the men, the women. Your enemy mm-hmm. is going to use that, and he's going to use that against you. That's how you defeat your enemy. That is how you defeat basically people who you have something against. So, yeah, I definitely do agree that, you know, when in regards to protection or any type of rhetoric, that is a danger to our community as a whole. Yeah, it definitely can be detrimental to us, to be quite honest. Also, so so then, well, hold on, because let's 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 explore that the rhetoric, because okay, I I, I, won't, I, I was going to stay on that though. Uh, yeah, I know, but hold on, I was going to stay wanna, on that. I want to add something. I want to add something to that, right? Mhm. I won't I won't deny that what that what you and Sapphire are saying is is, is valid. It's very very valid. There's a lot of truth to that. So if that is the case, then shouldn't it be in the purview of sisters to check other sisters who are antagonistic to the men, who are essentially trying to alienate alienate the men that sisters need to protect them? Should, should that not whole, fall to mm-hmm, Go ahead. As a whole, as a collective, yes. <laughs> I do, but I also do see that there are women who do attempt to check women, and you know how I am on you know social media or any other platform. Fair is fair. If I feel like one side is doing something, I'm going to say it, and even if it's the women, I hold everybody accountable equally. It doesn't matter because I understand yeah. that even as women, we have we have stuff with us too. We can't walk around here and say that we are walking around with perfection. And I know that that's not true. So, yes, I would say as a collective, yeah, you do have a point. And, mm-hmm. I mean, but with the rhetoric, my whole problem is this. And when we talk about the aspect mm-hmm. of, you know, the disrespect and how we talk to each other, et cetera, and so forth. Right. There are... I can account for, um, you know, what Sapphire said when she said that not all women are feminists. Right. Hold on. Hold on one second, Remy. Um, 
we got we got chaos riding here. Chaos, you here? Damn, man, man, you so bad, man. You did not even mess with me. You just sit there, went and talked for hours, thirty-five minutes, man. I want to tell you, you know what? I thought I told you, man. I thought I told you, man. It must have slipped my mind, man. Then, like, I when I got home, I was already. You didn't tell me you were going to start. You said you're gonna do a show. You, you oh, so time. I did mention it to you, but I never, I never told you the time. Okay, I forgot too. Yeah, my, exactly. my fault, man. But yeah, but look, let Remy finish making a point, and then, and then I'll get your, I'll get your take on it. Go, go ahead, Remy. Um, first, hey, Chaos Rod, how are you? Can you hear me? Okay. Well, I don't. Oh, okay. So, all right. But anyway, like I was saying, is that. With a lot of, like you say, when we talk about the aspect of disrespect and how we communicate with each other, trust me, I can, like I say, there are those, unfortunately, in the community that have this, I don't know if it's just vitriol or it's hate for women and men in our community. Now, like Louis Sapphire, I'm going to, um, you know, to the point where she said that not every woman is a feminist. Just because you, like, for instance, you can hold, you can tell men that they're wrong, and they will automatically call you that. You can say, like, one time I had a situation where all I did was make a comment on YouTube, and I said that whatever you can say about the men, you can say about the women, right, and vice versa. And I was automatically called a feminist. Only because right. it's something that the man doesn't agree with. Mm. So every, like I say, these experiences, it, it, it's just, it's like it's heartbreaking because it's like when I look at, you know, the climate of how our people even speak to each other, we mm-hmm. have, I would say, the worst type of way to communicate with each other. We communicate with disrespect automatically. I can go to somebody right now on Facebook and say hi, and they will automatically call me out of my name, only because I said hey to them. It was an incident today where one of my sisters, you know, on Facebook, yes, this is me. Okay. (laughs) Um, One of my sisters, (laughs) she was called called out of her name, only because Mm. she said, that as a collective black men, women, and children, mind you, she said men, women, and children are not protected as a community, and she was called out of her name because of that. So those examples, it goes to show you that, unfortunately, a lot of our people are not ready. We're not ready to have those important conversations because if you can't even communicate with somebody with respect, then how are we able to have any conversation about any issues in our community? Right. Well, you know what? It's like I said earlier. Right. It's like I said earlier, the, the fools have seized the, the fools have seized the, you know, the stage and the microphone and the, and the bullhorn and they have served as the, the predominant prevailing forces, uh, voices, in the black community and 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 we have this thing where we we worship and give moral authority to failure in the black community 
Um, we don't right. we don't put a big premium a big premium on success by American standards, and we call that assimilating to whiteness. That's what we'll call it. We'll call it conforming to we'll call it conforming to whiteness. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just conforming to to what is successful and what works. See, there's a reason why the Asians are, are on the upswing. And the reason why is because they have emulated, um, you know, Western society the most. So the reason why they have cornered the automobile market, for example, is because they've, they emulated the automobile, but they made it smaller, more affordable, and, 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 they made it, and they made it cheaper. So this is how they've been able to, to take to, right to take over the, the the automobile industry and be and be the forerunner in the automobile industry even in America. And I, I, it might it may have changed now, but I know at one point the um, the, the Asian automakers were were outselling American made vehicles because American made vehicles they they stayed with that old model of having the gas guzzlers and all this other and all this other crap while the Asians were creating hybrids they were creating the four you know the Hondas that that was you know four cylinder vehicles that were that were gas savers and that lasted longer that you got more mileage out of and that is how they were able to win in the automobile market and they've done that across many 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 other other sectors of the economy and this is why they are winning so when you when you demonize and vilify uh and you know conforming to what is successful in an industry in, in 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 an industrialized world by calling it conforming to whiteness then you set yourself up for failure we don't even put a premium on on stem in the black community because we don't put a premium on education in the black community like we once did. Education and so that, it is has demonized. to be real con- Right, it's demonized. We call it we call it indoctrination. We yeah. we demonize in, in intelligence and and um intellectual uh capacity. We don't vilify that. Matter of fact, what we what we will celebrate and applaud is 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 pseudo scholarship and pseudo intellectualism. This is what we do because and of what, because of, because of what it sounds like. Right. Um, let me ask you this, Chaos. Why do you think there seems to be this comfort level from white men to attack black women and black children? There's a comfortability, and the answer to that, hello to the callers tonight, it's simple because there is no real, and this is what I'm seeing, they feel it is open season for black people because they already see the divide rate between the black man and black woman. Mm. And when right. they see the divide, it's not only they just watch from the streams, but they can see in actual real life. So when they see that, right. most black people see they don't need no man, all this and that third, until they come across a different race of men, that whole, the whole attitude, the whole demeanor change, they feel mm. that I could do what I could please to you. I could abuse right. you. I'm already raping you already, and I'm not getting away with it. Right. Now, in, in broad daylight or nighttime, if I see you and you and you don't heal to my authority, I will sit there manhandle you, and no one's going to do you nothing. Just like that pregnant woman right. could have been manhandled to that same disgusting peckerwood, but a black man was there. He was an OG, a baby boomer. Like a friend came with his gun, mm-hmm. and he punched him. But, These boys right, that you see but, but that here's happen, the thing, though. So... 
but but here's the thing, Cass, and this is what I was talking about with the rhetoric and the antagonism that comes from sisters, because we have a, here we have a black man protecting a random black woman that he doesn't know from a can of paint, but yet sisters still will talk about what y'all y'all don't y'all haven't protected us, y'all don't protect. See, and this is why you have many brothers who are like who are like forget it because you alienate them. You don't, and and this is the thing. Incentives is what drives behavior. So reason would stand that if you wanted more men to do that, then you would put that man on a on a pedestal and portray and, and paint him in a certain light. Not continue to beat this drum of black male inaction, black male ineptitude, black male ineffective ineffectiveness, and this penchant for having this disposition, irregardless of what brothers try to do is part of the reason why we have the climate that we have that, exi- that exists today between black men and black women. Can we agree on that fact? Mm. And that's a question to both you and Remy. Uh, but here's, my, here's my question. Mm-hmm. But here's my thing, though. When do we start? See, I don't, I mean, I understand that, like you say, that, you know, women, like I say, when we talk about Men and women, we have to talk about everybody in the collective point of view, right? So, mm. as a collective, I mean, there are—I mean, unfortunately, there are going to be those type of people who don't acknowledge the good that you know a lot of our people do, and of course, that is that individual that did something you know great. <laughs> Fine, we do need to put them on a pedestal. I agree. Because we all the only thing that we put on the pedestal nowadays is anybody who's doing something bad. But we could we could talk about that all day long. But any good that is done by men and women, you know, basically, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's not always going to um, be put in the limelight. For instance, um, Pookie Ray Ray, <laughs> he's put on the pedestal. You know, but, you know, according to the men, but like they say, you know, the guy with the briefcase going to work every single day and doing what he's supposed to do is not put on the pedestal. The same thing with on the on the woman's side, the so-called, you know, it's, we've got so many nicknames for her, but we call her Starkeisha. Starkeisha's put on the pedestal, mm-hmm. but not the woman who is doing what she's supposed to do in life. You know, she's a wife, she's a mother, she, you know, does what she's supposed to do for her household, or if she is single and she's still a good woman, um, et cetera, and so forth. We don't put those people on a pedestal. But my whole thing is, like you say, when do we start paying attention to the good that people do and also the people who are doing good? Because we can we can talk all day long about what everybody does bad in the community. That goes for men and women. And unfortunately, we can always get caught up in trying to, but see, here's my thing. Hold on. Let me get this point out. My thing is this. We like to pay attention to all the bad that's going on, right? Why can't we mm-hmm. ever focus on what, what good is going on or those quote-unquote good people that you do know of? You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then right. when those people do come out, <laughs> you know, in the forefront, <laughs> We don't ever acknowledge those type of people. Just like a lot of men say, well, because, you, you know, you guys say, okay, men ain't no good. That's what uh, us women say. But on the flip side, I hear that us women ain't no good. But at the end of the day, mm. I don't see the good women being put on the pedestal the same with the men. So that's why I say when I come to the conclusion 
that whatever you say about the women, you could say about the men and vice versa. Everything that you say, it doesn't matter. Right. Well, you know what, though? Let, let, let's examine something. And I wish I would have thought about this earlier. You know, but, I, and I even I showed you this after this. What was the question? Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. Well, go, well, go ahead. I, I'll, I'll say what I have to say. Um, because we're actually in overtime right now, so I'll say what I have to say after you, after you give your two cent. Um, well, okay, I, 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 so I, I want to know what the question. I want to know the question you put earlier before Remy start responding because you were saying a lot of things. I was, I was, I, I, yeah, I was mentioning how, you know, why do sisters continue to push these antagonistic unflattering tropes about black men. Well, black men have never done this. Black men have never done that. Black men don't protect. When we have um, an example of a brother protecting a, a pregnant black woman at a Walmart a few months ago. So you're never satisfied. Why is this thing where sisters are never satisfied with what brother, they can never find the good in brothers and, and brothers are tired of it. And I'm tired of the shit too. So well, you don't get you don't get to mis, you don't get to mistreat me and disrespect me. But at the don't, same time, don't, though, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't get to mistreat me and disrespect me and dump on me, and then expect me to protect you and to serve you. That's treating me like a tool. You see me as a utility. You don't see me as a as a person who has emotions, who has who has uh, feelings, who has value, who has worth. We always hear this thing about black black women being the mothers of civilization. Well, what about black men being the fathers of civilization? What about that? And that is a legitimate question for brothers to pose and to ask. And brothers have a right to demand respect as black men, especially a group of, uh, especially from our women who obviously need our protection and our help. But don't so you I'm not always gonna, mention? I'm not gonna, hold on, hold on, hold on, Remy. I, I'm not going to disrespect disrespect folks, and I'm not going to over respect folks either. You're going to respect me, and I'm going to respect you. And if the sisters find it impossible to do that, then we need to go our separate ways. That is where I am with it, right at this at this particular moment. Go go ahead, okay. go ahead, Cass, and then Remy. Let me let me answer. It is a simple, and it's not a hard and drawn out answer. It's simple because it is not the norm. It is not part of the program. You see, now mm-hmm. I'm married. Everything that we develop in life as children, as adults, we're constantly being programmed mm-hmm. what is good and bad. You see, when it comes to us as a race, we had to look as as default. We had to look at ourselves as a negative life. Nothing good. Even as a man, even throughout the history that they show through the textbooks or through imagery, because imagery holds a very powerful tool in people's reality, they don't see what we call a good, productive black man on the average. So when they see a few brothers that are showing that light, it's foreign to the psyche of a lot of black women. So the, it mm. goes back to that same thing, that the ain't shit, shit is a psychological program, you know? We could go far back right. where this thing really started to now that they're not going to be satisfied or respect any black male leadership authority because they have a system right now in place to neglect, neglect the man and say, so you only deal with me, the system. I give you everything on that. Right. Imagine if all that was taken away. Then you have no choice to really go back 
and be on the beside your man. Because where are you going to get it from? You're not going to whore yourself. We have someone not that's whoring right now with the benefits of the state. But match is it's not enough. Imagine they get cut off complete, right? Then they, all what they do, right. they're going to be destitute. You're going to see a destitute you haven't seen before, brother. Where at times you're going to see sisters that don't have that backhand of the system. They're going to be so mm-hmm. in the slums. It's just going to be, look disgusting, you know? So in that mindset, they're going to continue to behave the way because it's not the norm psychology of the of our sisters in the society. They got to look at us as demons, devils. Uh-huh. We, we, we we're always, we always going to come short and they're going to complain. Even the things that we're doing right, it's always going to be not enough because they want the comfort just like the Caucasian woman. And notice it took centuries for this white woman to get her comfort. And a lot of black women think in default they should get that same comfort. Hell, they think they're part more above this Caucasian woman, but they're not because she's right. not doing what is necessary to make that comfort for her yet. That's my only answer. Right. All right, um, Remy, what did you want to? What did you have to say about what I had mentioned? The only thing that I wanted to say is, you know, when you say that, okay, black men are not being appreciated, or you know, et cetera, and so forth, or you know, because a lot of times you did say that. Well, you know, I don't. You know, one, you don't agree with what a lot of women say about the men, but you'll also say, right, that I am not that man that a lot of women have a problem with. Am I right? So my whole thing is, yeah. is that, okay, if it's not if it's not personally you that is, um, you know, a part of that so-called collective that are, quote, unquote, ain't shit men, then I don't understand mm-hmm. why you as a, a good man would be mad about that. That makes no sense. Like for me, if I hear these men talking about these certain types of women, I'm not angry. Why? Because I know I'm not that woman in the story. Yeah. I don't get the right, anger. But, 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 I don't get why, though. But it's like you're being angry for those ancient men. That makes no sense. Right, but, that but is what why. I'm trying. And, this, and, it, and hold on, let me finish, though. But this is why, that's, that's why I say I feel like, you know, with some women we have a problem with is the fact that you would say, okay, don't mess with ancient men. Don't do this with ancient men. Don't do that with ancient men. But at the same time, some men are in defense of these men. The same men that you talk about, the same men that you tell us to stay away from, but you still defend them. That, is, think, what see, think, is, think... that is what's interesting to me. Hold on, let me finish. Because... I okay, told right. you a lot. A lot of your a lot of your Facebook friends are those type of men. I'm sorry, they just are. Now, uh-huh. my thing is this: you know that these men are who they are, right? You know that <laughs> that you know they got some issues, and we can't sit here and we can't deny that. You saw that today. You definitely saw that mm-hmm. today when we had that situation with you know one of my sisters. And right. my whole thing is. At the same time, you call them ancient men, but a lot of men are encouraging their behavior. They're encouraging it. That is my problem. That is when I sit back and like, okay, what is wrong with this picture? But I can also say the right. same thing about a lot of women, and I'm not going to say because I'm always fair, because I'm not going to say that women don't do that either because they do. 
but but we're talking about okay since we want to um you know have this conversation about the men or et cetera so forth but that is the one thing that I want to know because that's very confusing because their behavior okay, me, is always going to be encouraged. Let me let me let me let me contextualize this, and I think that this is why it's important to to understand you know the black male experience and this is why I, when I first started Remy, I wanted to lay out. The, the framework that we were going to be having this conversation in. And that is why I said that black manhood and black men are two different things. Black manhood is, is an immaterial thing. It is an idea. It is an I, I, idea. It is a philosophy. And it is a symbol. So what is the view? What is the perception of men and black manhood? What do we envision as the litmus or the standard of, of black of black manhood? And this is why you see brothers trying to fix a a a, a record of how they have been represented within American society. It's not about defending ancient men. It's about defending the way we are perceived and portrayed in the within American society. This is the pressure point for brothers. This is the pressure point. And this is why things that Cynthia have been saying, at first I, I winked at because I wanted to try and show that there's something that there is something different that there is a, a higher ethic and standard and level of black manhood that you can trust in. But you have to be willing to believe in it. You have to be willing to know that it exists and that it, it, it is real. That you have brothers who are on their square as men, but you can't individualize those men and then make the other the other men who are the problem the That is why we are going to have to go our separate ways on these topics because you're undermining the efforts of good brothers. You're undermining the efforts. Those, those men who are, don't get me wrong, are good and plenty, they are still the minority of men. They are not the standard for, of black manhood even if it's what you see every day, because what you see every day is still a myopic, a myopic view of the world, still a myopic world view of the world. world. So black men have been portrayed in a, in, in, in a particular light in his, in, within an historical context. And this is why the other night on the panel, I kept telling her what you're saying about black men having this pathological lust for, black, for white women is validating and rationalizing white supremacy. Why you're telling me you're against white supremacy? You're rationalizing and validating and, and, and parroting white supremacy. When you say that, that's what you're doing. And so that is dangerous rhetoric. When Dylan Roof went into the church, went into that church and killed those nine black people, men and women, and if I'm not mistaken, a child. He said, you are raping our women. That's what he said. 
That's what he said. So what you're telling me when you say that, and when you make these statements on these on, on, on these panels and on these YouTube uh, channels, you're saying that Dylan Roof was rational in what he did. You're saying that Dylan Roof was justified in what he did. That's what you're saying. So now you're not only breaking down the protection of black women, you're, t- you're putting a target on the backs of black men too, breaking down your own protection with the view that you can that 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 you continue to want to espouse. See, let's talk about the caricatures, the way that black men have been portrayed. See, there's a reason why the movie Passenger 57 of Wesley Snipes was a milestone in Hollywood cinematic history. And the reason why is because that was the first time that a black man, especially a dark-skinned black man, was portrayed as heroic, was portrayed as competent, was portrayed as valiant, was portrayed as the hero. See, we have to understand the way in which black males are socialized within a system of white supremacy. And when you constantly do things, undervalue, devalue, and invalidate the black male image and black manhood, why then are you perplexed and whining and and crying and complaining about black males who are inept in fulfilling their role as men? Why? So these, all these things are intricate and play a part in what we're talking about. And that is why I was trying to be very succinct in laying the framework that this conversation needs to take place in. We can't just talk just talk about a symptom. Black women being unprotected and black children being unprotected is still a symptom. It's still a symptom. Women have been force-fed a narrative about black men that either we are brutal, unloving, unfeeling, un, uh, unkind, hypersexual, or we are incompetent, inept and ineffective. And so when you buy into that, those ideologies and philosophies as the standard of manhood, you break down the protection that you say you want and you need as women. That's why I've been saying what I'm saying. So these things are, these things are important. If sisters want what they say they want, and they want the men they say they want, then it's going to require them to do certain things to get it, period. Period. You cannot bring a car that's, that's, that's broken down and that you need fixed to someone who has, who has no uh, acumen in fixing cars. If he hasn't been trained to fix a car, he's not going to be able to fix it. So why are you whining and complaining about males today who have not been trained in manhood, who have not been trained in doing what you say you want them to do. And then you vilify them and demonize them and demoralize them and emasculate them for not knowing how to do what they were never trained to do. Further perpetuating the climate and the cycle of vitriol that is existing. This is why I've been on sister's ass. 
spent a year trying to reach brothers that would ultimately benefit sisters because this is what they're saying they want. That's why I've been taking a particular offense to to their obstinance to what to, to, to what I'm trying to do, to what I tried to do. So, you know, that that I, you know, that's that's just pretty much why I am with it. If you don't understand, those who don't understand uh history and the mistakes of history are bound to repeat it. Understand it. You have to understand the way that black men were portrayed initially. So this is about black manhood and what is the standard for black manhood? What is the standard for black boys? What is the standard for black males? That's the same reason why I didn't want to tear Phil down. It's the same reason. Because black boys need a symbol. They need a representation of black manhood to follow. They need that. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to belabor the point. That was, you know, my, my thoughts on it. Uh, Cass and Remy, y'all have anything y'all want to say? Uh, damn, I wish I was here early on the show, man. I missed so much. Um, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm uh, my, my fault, man. I forgot, man. <laughs> my bad. Cause I, I was like, I, I was like, I thought. But you know, cause you know, the reason why I'm at it because if think about, you don't do these shows often. Um, I'm married, especially on yeah radio. That's right. Yeah, yeah, always, yeah. Like, if, if you're doing that, now, I would yeah. say okay. Like next one, I have to wait. While back, I mean, a little later on, maybe till you get settled. So you know, you just like that. And I, damn. I, but I'll say this: um, for all the people know, say you know, for all the ladies that you know have to really defend yourself, do the best you can out here. Um, just be careful, man, because you know, it's you don't expect, especially a young girl that's under age eighteen. Or don't expect a lot of these young males to defend you because they've been sissified, man. They've been, I would say, it's soft. <laughs> And that that's why I see yeah. that. We we now live in a culture now, we live in the we live in the camera age culture where people just record cameras and just sing out world star hip hop to this or that nowadays. So and watch we engage in beatdowns, fights, you know. And then sit there wait until somebody gets pummeled, then they come in. They will not stop anything. They hell, they won't even break up the fight now. They'll sit there and watch with their camera. Right. And they'll smile yeah. and grin and it's if they see a a boy be on a girl, they they happy that. If they see a girl be on a girl, they be happy that. Even this white dude that did that, mm-hmm. and over you know, a public place where people buy food is a problem. It could have been worse because that pickle could have took a weapon and cut her. I mean, literally, because mm-hmm. you know, that's how tired they feel now. Because now they just sit there, really, they don't attack just men, women, children. They actually now kill them, just like how they kill um this poor seven year old girl in um. Not sure what state it was, but yeah, they getting bold wow. now, man. And they've been bold now for yeah. a couple of years now. Their aggression is going to get worse. So I tell most sisters, protect yourself. I'm saying if you don't got no knife, get that, get pepper spray, get anything you want. And get a weapon that you know that you won't have to be doing serious time at least. You know Just defend yourself. Especially if the boy or any man is not going to sit there and then react once they see certain things like that. Then you have to do what? You feel is necessary. Don't sit there, get yourself hurt or killed out here for some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, that's my only answer. What it is. Yeah. All right, Remy, what you have to say? Say on it. 
Well, I'll just say this. You know, as a community of men and women, the one thing we all need to do is to stop walking around like we, like every, you know, all of us as individuals is walking around with perfection. Because like I say, I see on a daily men disrespecting men. I mean, I'm sorry, men disrespecting women, women disrespecting men, so on and so forth. We need to also start admitting when we have problems. And that means that a lot of our people is walking around, and we have to admit, we're walking around with a lot of pain, a lot of anguish. We don't ever want to admit that, you know, we've been through some shit. We are hurt. We are depressed. We're anxious. A lot of things that we are going through and how we talk to each other, how we interact with each other, it's coming Mm -hmm. from trauma. And nobody wants to resolve that trauma. The only way we like to resolve our trauma is to take it out on each other. Instead of not, not acknowledging the fact that that trauma is something that is deep, deeply rooted within you. And mm-hmm. as men and women, we have to admit that we need help. We definitely need right. help. And it's not always going to be solved when you go to church. Nothing exactly. against religious people or people go to church, but I'm just saying. We have to admit that if you need some damn therapy, please go get that damn therapy. Mm-hmm. Right. Because enough is enough when it comes to our community. We need to do better. We need to treat each other better. It's yeah. only January 3rd. And I've mm-hmm. seen <laughs> so much already. And I'm like, huh? We can't yeah, even man. start a new year with peace. Mm-hmm. Our, our year starts in March. But, you know, other than that, you know, the people are going to still with the bullshit no matter what time. Right. Rain or snow. And also and also what I will say is to those out there who, you know, like Amiri, a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of people I see on YouTube. You guys have so much intelligence, so much, you know, to offer the community just by you uploading videos and you doing blog talk Amiri and Mm-hmm. Don't get intertwined with the bull that so so many YouTubers do because they're going to bring you down. There is right. nothing mm-hmm. wrong with being different. There's nothing wrong with standing out on your own. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's always going to be good and it's always going to be bad when it comes to anything in life. And do you want to be a part of the crowd or do you want to stand out? If we have more of people, you know, who are doing what they should do, and that is to ignite a thought process within our people, if you can get people to come to your channel or to come to your radio show, I don't care whatever platform it is, and you can invoke thought in them, and you can basically, you know, in this person, they be like, hey, you know, I like this person. What they said was real. I'm going to go and research. I am going to go study on my own. I am going to do what I need to do to get better. We need more people like that out here. That's what we need. Mm -hmm. And if anybody is out there like that, trust and believe you are helping somebody. 
But that's all I got to say about that. I just think that as a community of men and women, we all have to do better. We have to communicate better. We have to respect each other. Right. All this disrespect that we we walk around with, it is just it's ridiculous. Okay, you disrespect people, but only do that if they disrespect you. But we should always approach right. each other with respect. Right. You're right. You're right, Remy. Um, you know, I, I I appreciated the you know the um the listeners. We had a few listeners on the line. Appreciate Sapphire for what she said. A lot of thought provoking wisdom, feminine wisdom, and and what she said. Um, chaos. You know what it is, my brother. Uh, Remy. You know yeah. it's always you a pleasure. I appreciate y'all doing this impromptu show show with me because I think it is a you know a topic we need to discuss and. Um, you know, we do need to create an environment where women and children who are who are black can feel can feel safe and secure. And I think sisters have to realize that they play a part in helping us to do that. Um, so with that, I'll end the you know I'll end yeah, the make, overtime stream. Make America great again, or we'll die trying. Yeah, please make uh, exactly would, make Black America great again. Right. Maybe Black America Great Again or Doc Trying. We'll catch y'all next time. Matter of fact, we have a show scheduled for Sunday. Um, Remy, what's going to be the topic for the show Sunday? Watch this, Sapphire. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something that Sapphire mentioned, and also you did a Mary in the beginning of the show. So the title is going to be Has Black Feminism Helped? Um, black women and also did it help the black community. So that is going to be the topic um, Sunday uh, and we're well, doing it at the same time, right? Yeah, same time. Yeah. It'll be about 8, eight, o'clock. eight, eight, eight o'clock Eastern. Yeah. 8.30 Eastern. <laughs> but it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be what what you think because like I said, I'm, right. I'm sympathetic to, to, to feminism, but I do have to, I have to point out where you know where the strong points were at because uh, you know it it was a necessary thing, especially for black women. I, I just think that it's gone a little, it's gone too far. That I'll say that. So you know we'll we'll get into that Sunday night, and so y'all know what it is: make Black America great again or die trying. I catch y'all on the flip side. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Great Liberators, hosts Amiri Brown and Kenya White. Until next time.